and welcome to another episode of Biome Sweet Biome. My name is Brittany Dodge, and I will be your host as we discuss the native flora and fauna to the southeastern United States, particularly the low country and coastal Georgia, where I work as a naturalist. Today's episode is, this episode's a real hoot. Now, you can probably guess from my bad pun, we're going to be talking about our local owl species. We'll discuss the different ways to identify owls, why they're such impressive predators, and answer a listener's question about their impressive diets. So first, what are the species of owls you're most likely to encounter here in the low country? Typically in coastal Georgia and South Carolina, we predominantly see four species. There's the great horned owl, the barred owl, the barn owl, and the eastern screech owl. There are a few other owl species in the area. Technically, when you look at birding apps or birding books, uh, like the North Georgia long-eared and short-eared owls or the Florida's burrowing owls, but you're not going to see those commonly on the coast here. It's a pretty rare sighting. But let's start the talk off with our king of the southern owls, the great horned owl. No, he doesn't actually have horns, but he is pretty great. He's a larger owl at around three pounds and at 25 inches tall with two large ear tufts at the top of his head, giving him that horned appearance. Great horned owls are the most widely distributed owls, uh, true owls in North America. Now I say true owls because true um, owls are different than barn owls. Uh, Owls are broken up into those two classes. The true owls are sometimes called typical owls and then the barn owls. True owls, like the great horned owls, tend to have large heads, short tails, cryptic or camouflage plumage, and round facial discs around the eyes. True owls also have distinct calls or hoots like we normally associate with owls. The great horned owl can be distinguished from other owls not only from their large size and their ear tufts, um, but also from their voluminous (laughs) sounds that they can make. Now, uh, adults can also issue a bark or kind of a warning hoot in response to being startled. Uh, But mostly what you're hearing is usually whenever a pair of great horned owls call in a duet, and the female almost always hoots first with the male replying at a lower pitch. And even though females average about a third larger than males, the smaller guys actually have a larger voice box. So they can make a much more voluminous hoot. So let's listen to an actual mating pair instead of my poor imitations. Uh, First, the female will start and then the male will respond, beginning their courtship. So these guys may be known for their spooky calls, but they are actually silent hunters. Owls have specialized feathers that alter the air uh, turbulence and absorb noise. They can fly just inches from prey without being detected. Now, the great horned owls is a master hunter and eats a variety of prey, and given their larger size, can take down mid-sized animals, including uh, mammals, birds, and reptiles, as well as uh, common owl prey of rodents and amphibians. 
Now, the next owl is also a true owl. The barred owl is slightly smaller than the great horned owl at 20 inches, and, but it weighs much less at about 1.6 pounds. It's named for the bars on its chest. The barred owl is probably the most uh, vocal of all the eastern owls. It has several vocalizations, um, and it's been also known as the laughing owl because some of its sounds resemble laughing. Now, the most common vocalizations people can easily recognize um, the bird is by the phonetic moniker, who cooks for you, who cooks for you all. Um, we'll play a quick little snippet of that. Barred owls commonly use nest box, unlike their great horned owl cousins, since they build nests in cavities of large trees. So if you'd like to hear your own uh, musicians, then try put up a box and see if you have any residents in February through May. The barred owl also has brown eyes, unlike most other owl species whose eyes are yellow or an orangey color. Aren't all owls have uh, these special eyes that can't move because they are held rigidly in place by bones called sclerotic rings. Now, when you see an owl turn his head seemingly in a circle, it's actually him moving because he has no peripheral vision like we have. They have twice as many neck bones as humans, and this along with specialized blood vessels help them move their heads around. But no, they can't actually rotate their heads completely around only about 270 degrees. And that's still pretty impressive. They also have three eyelids, a lower eyelid, an upper eyelid, and an eyelid that functions kind of like a windshield wiper that cleans their eyes. Now, the brown eye color of the barred owl and also the barn owl, that we'll discuss a little bit later, this hints at it being a true nocturnal owl, while the orangey or yellow colored eyes of the great horned owl is a sign of it being crepuscular, like we discussed about in the last episode. Now the last true owl we'll discuss is also my personal favorite. The Eastern Screech Owl may be pretty diminutive in, small, in size and the smallest owl on our list at a mere 5.8 ounces and just a max of 9.8 inches tall. But don't let its small size fool you. Though they be but little, they are fierce. Equipped with powerfully sharp little talons, they can swoop and glide through the air with ease, striking fear into the hearts of insects and small rodents everywhere. Now, although these owls have powerful binocular vision able to adjust and focus their tube-like eyes to see far away easily, the eastern screech owl also has great hearing as well. Uh, they can swoop down on prey from perched positions after hearing them on the ground. But the eastern screecher's power really resides in its most passive trait, its camouflage. Eastern screech owls come in two morphs, Rufius, or the red-brown, and gray. No other North American owl has such distinctive plumage differences in the same species. Their cryptic coloring can blend in so well with the tree bark, you could have a family of them living in your own backyard tree and never know it. They have another advantage in the camouflage game, their ear tufts. Like their great horned cousins, the eastern screech owls also have ear tufts that while scientists don't really agree on what their purpose is, in the screech owls they're known for at least being able to help them break up the body line and insist, uh, assist them in hiding amongst the tree bark. 
Now, while they're called screech owls, they don't actually screech. Uh, they, that belongs to our next family of owls. The eastern screech owls have more of a trilling whinny. And we'll play that sound for you right now. The last owl we're going to discuss belongs to a different class of owl altogether and is probably the least common in our area. The barn owl is in the barn owl class and like the other true owls. Uh, with its heart-shaped face, short tail, and small black eyes, it is very distinctive looking. It also sounds very differently. It doesn't give a hoot, you know. <laughs> get a little pun there. That's right, the barn owl has a hoarse, eerie, screeching hiss or kind of uh, witch's scream to it. We'll play that sound right now for you. Now, barn owls are also known to be a bit snappy. They will snip their bills, uh, mandibles, together when agitated. Barn owls can hoard prey, storing dozens of prey items at the nest sites when they are incubating and feeding their young. They are true nocturnal, and most of their prey are small animals that are also active at night. Barn owl's hearing is probably the best of the best for the owls. Uh, the heart shape of their face helps accomplish this. Anyone who has watched a barn owl hunting in twilight uh, has seen the pale apparition hovering above the ground. Um, they'll notice how they keep moving their head pointed down towards the ground. Their facial disc operates like a satellite dish. It captures and locates the sounds. Their ear openings are actually positioned slightly asymmetric of one another, allowing for greater accuracy in pinpointing the exact location of the sounds that they're hearing. Their hearing is so acute that in a recent uh, research experiment, barn owls that were housed in complete darkness were able to capture live rodents on a bed of dry leaves with almost 100% accuracy. That's extremely unheard of in almost uh, any other animal. Which brings us to our listener question. What is an owl pellet exactly? Owl pellets are the masses of undigest parts of an owl's prey. Um, it regurgitates. So most birds, they cannot chew their food and owls are no exception. Owls have to swallow their prey whole or mostly whole. But unlike other birds, owls do not have Owls do not have a crop, the bag-like organ other birds use to store their food after it's been swallowed so it can help with digestion. In owls, food goes straight into the gizzard, which uses digestive fluids, sand, and grit to mechanically, chemically dissolve uh, usable tissue from the prey. The indigestible material like bones, teeth, claws, and feathers that are too hard to go through the rest of the digestive tract has to be safely excreted. Um, the owl's gizzard compacts it uh, into a tight wad of material that the owl can then regurgitate back up, forming the owl pellet. And these pellets are useful to researchers because it helps understand 
um, researchers to understand the owl's behavior and diet through the dissection of these pellets. Larger owls, like the great horned owls, produce larger pellets typically. And um, many times it's kind of hard to tell uh, which owl the pellet belongs to, but usually from pellet dissection you can tell all kinds of different interesting clues um, as far as what an owl is eating in what area and what kind of uh, prey it had recently. Now, I highly recommend looking uh, around if you are fortunate to have an owl in your backyard or in an area that you know you can find an owl pellet to definitely try and scoop one up and take a look through it. You can definitely find a lot of bones and can um, probably uh, occasionally put together a whole animal in some instances. Now, to submit your own questions or suggest topics for our next episode, or for more information about any topic covered in today's episode, please email me at naturalistsatfortplantation.com. I hope you took away some useful information, and thanks for listening to Biome Sweet Biome.